baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning, Brian Mazrowski, Joe Beamer here with you on WBEN. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, a cold morning, Joe. Uh, but not here in the studio. Yes, it is. I have a winter hat on, so yes, it is here in the studio. Happy to be with you on WBEN, and we got a lot to get to. The news never stops, Joe. I said that to you this morning. Just so much going on uh, throughout uh, the past. I woke up this morning. I'm just... I, sifting through everything, I forgot to. I almost forgot to come in. <laughs> so it's just like going through all the stuff for this morning. I, I want to kick off the show, though, with Joe. Now, this has taken a hiatus. Actually, this might be the first time we've ever done it, but I'm going to pretend like this is a recurring segment yes, of Complaint of the Week. All right. Um, took a hiatus over the past uh, month or so for obvious reasons. It's stupid to complain. But, you know, little things that just grind your gears a little bit. Like, like that car alarm like, outside? <laughs> If if I had not had something prepared, it would be this car alarm out, the, out right outside the studio. Perfect timing. Um, no complaint of the week. I was grocery shopping yesterday, Joe. You know the the best in my opinion. You might say self checkout if I had to guess, but in my opinion, the best grocery store innovation over the last fifteen or so years has been. The I guess it's kind of the return of, because way back in the day they might have had it this way. But it has been the smaller, more aerodynamic shopping cart. Oh, I, I agree. The the basket over the basket instead of the one long shopping cart. Yes. To me has been my favorite thing at the grocery store over the past 10 to 15 years that they've brought in. Now it's at oh, just just about every grocery store. And Walgreens. It's, I, I love when I have it. It's smaller. I can maneuver it around the aisles a little bit better. It It's just, I think it's just better in every way. I, and unless you're in for, even when, I, when my wife and I go for like a big shopping trip together, uh, you, you go, you can't put a kid in one of them. Um, so there's, you know, one downfall. You got to get the bigger cart when you have your kid with you. But... Aside from that, it's my go-to shopping cart. It's yes. great. I think most people. I mean, you look now, it looks, Wegmans especially has more of those. Well, than the Joe. Uh-oh. <laughs> no? <laughs> Complaint of the week. I So, over the past few weeks, I have noticed there, I think only there, my favorite shopping cart has been modified a little bit. Oh. I don't know who called for this modification, but now on the up-down, I call them the up-down shopping carts, the ones with the two baskets, they're shorter, smaller, easier to maneuver. You don't run into people, yeah. Way better. But now there is an added basket on the bottom of the shopping cart toward the back wheels Hmm. that is basically right underneath the handle. Of the shopping cart. I don't know why. I mean, I guess more space to put stuff. Maybe the 
up, down shopping cart wasn't big enough. In that case, I say, well, there's another shopping cart for you. There's two more sizes of shopping carts to choose from. But this new basket that's added to the shopping cart, Joe, I have a longer stride. I keep whacking my shin on this little basket whenever I'm walking through the aisle. It, it, I was in the store yesterday. It happened like three times where I'm kicking. I, I have a bruise on my shin right now from kicking this little basket on the bottom of the shopping cart. So it's on the bottom on the back? On the bottom because on the back. Attached to the bottom basket on the back of it. Because there are some that have the basket in the back, like to put a coffee down or something little in the basket on the back. Right, on that's the top. higher up. Yes. This is like one of those now added on the bottom. I feel most people would have the problem you seem to be having. I'm not like abnormally tall. No. I might have a longer stride. Who's asking for that? I don't know where it came from. But all of a sudden, I would say 50% of those shopping carts have that added basket, and I keep ramming my shin into it. Yeah, that's no good. I, I have not run into this problem yet, um, mostly because I'll go in with the carrying basket, but that is annoying. Complaints of the week. I, I, <laughs> I like your complaint of the week. And you are right. I think the best innovation is self-checkout, but I do like those smaller carts. You don't get hit as much walking around. That's my favorite thing, the up and down uh, smaller carts. It's great. Don't like, we like to tinker with too much stuff. Right. You had a good thing. Yeah. You, Leave it the way it is. No tinkering needed. Right. You want to tinker with something? The kid's cart that's shaped like a truck with the steering wheel. Okay. That needs some tinkering so it's a little easier to maneuver. So you're not knocking things over. That you need a CDL for. Yeah. Um, and it's I have knocked some things over with that. It doesn't. It's it's an issue with me driving a well, joke. It's like self-checkout. You didn't have to take the cash away. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, um, 913 here on WBEN. As we mentioned, there's so many stories. <laughs> Top of the billing is the basket added to the bottom of the shopping cart. By the cart. way, I had to say, you walked in saying there's too much news before the entire FAA thing started. It's yes. like you saw the future. <laughs> Hopefully, you're back online and uh, you're getting back to where you used to be. If your flights are uh, were canceled or delayed or uh, something like that this morning, but uh, about a half hour from now or so, that should be getting back online. Uh, another thing in the news yesterday is this issue of eminent domain in the city of Buffalo in the Cobblestone District. We've talked about it on this show before. We have kind of explored the issues, and now we're going to hear from the owner of these two properties that the city is looking to take over. Joining us now on the line is Daryl Carr, who owns these uh, cobblestone properties. And Daryl also owns cobblestone. Yeah, I mean, you see the big sign on the side of the cobblestone there. It's been, uh, I, it was one of the first in that area. Uh, if you were looking for something to do pregame before an event at the arena. Daryl, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fine this morning. A little hectic day yesterday, but... You know, today's another day, and it's sunny outside. Yeah, well, where you are, maybe. We're still waiting on that over here in Amherst. Uh, Daryl, okay, eminent domain, this entire process, uh, can you, from your perspective, because we haven't really heard from your perspective yet, when did this begin? When did you become aware that the city was looking to take over these two properties and I guess how far back does it go, this kind of, uh, I guess you're in a little bit of a battle now 
over what you would or would not be allowed to do? Well, the proceedings for eminent domain is, is recent history. It's only a few months old. And it came up uh, after we were, had, a, had a court hearing for, uh, for the demolition. You know, the city has fought me on the demolition of the properties basically since I purchased them. Uh, I had this project planned, you know, Unity Tower. You can see that unitytower.com. Uh, for quite a while, we started that project in 2013 with, with my architects and engineers from Toronto. Uh, so, you know, my, my uh, agenda was to demolish the buildings, incorporate, incorporate the historic character and document the buildings, existing buildings, and then rebuild the existing buildings and build a tower uh, to provide enough square footage and enough economic development to support, you know, rebuilding all these old buildings that were there. So the city <clears throat> had their own agenda I'm not sure even now what it is, but, uh, you know, they wanted to preserve the buildings in kind, which really doesn't fall, you know, in line with legally, you know, what they can do and preserve them is the way they are. You know, I just had to recreate the facades of the buildings in a lot of projects. That's what they've done or stabilize the facade and re, you know, and, uh, you know, left it intact. As far as these buildings, when I bought them, they were unheated for probably 50 years. And the main use of the buildings were foundries and machine shops, which anybody has been in that business or been around that business, which I have because I'm an environmental scientist and I worked in the hazardous waste industry, uh, that, you know, these aren't the kind of buildings that's, <clears throat> that, excuse me, you're going to reuse. So I never had an intention of actually rebuilding them because of the environmental concerns in the buildings. So I've been fighting the city on demolition because I wanted to demolish the site, clean up the site, and get it ready for development. I, I know they talk about parking lots, but it was never my intention to put a parking lot there. There's enough parking. The city owns all the parking lots around there, and the city demolished all the buildings around there to build those parking lots and the arena and left really the, the worst buildings in the area standing, which I purchased three of them. And, uh, and so here I stand fighting the city on, on a development project that would be very, very big for the city of Buffalo. And it would help out the East side community and also Western New York as a whole to make this, you know, a one step towards a world-class city and uh, bring more economic development to the area. So you said this has been going on for 10 years, um, and now it's finally, it's getting all this media attention. You know, let's look back five, six years ago. What was the city saying? Uh, you said this, you, this, you've been fighting the city for 10 years to tear down these buildings. So they, they just now want to go in with eminent domain. What did the city say five years ago? What's been the, what's been the issue since you've bought it? What, what have, they, have they been saying to you, and why now is this getting the attention? Well, I believe now is because uh, the economic development around me uh, you know, substantiates them, hey, let's go after this guy. He's the only one left. I'm the only private property really left in that whole area. 
you know, e- either the government has taken it over or developed it or, or developers have been giving, given major tax breaks, major tax incentives, free money to redevelop, you know, the buildings. Whereas they never offered me a penny or nor did we ever take a penny for cobblestone or anything else. So, I mean, all the funding up to this point, which they never address how much money I had to spend, the purchase of the buildings and the main, like, I mean, I've been fined and I paid fines. And they, I don't know if they, they never talk about like a $10,000 fine I paid in the beginning. And that was before, right after that, they issued more citations. And that's why I was in court. And the remedy, because these buildings were so bad when I purchased them, there was no remedy to rebuild these buildings and that it just didn't make economic sense for anyone. So now I believe it's more of, uh, because I'm in the, you know, I'm in the eye of the city now and, and developments happen around me after so many years that I've been there, because when I first went down there, it was basically a war zone and we endured a lot of hardships before the second developer even even came in to do any work. I mean, it was 10 years. We were in business over 10 years before anybody else came down there to do anything. Uh, so recently, because of all the economic development, now they're coming after me to try to get my property to basically, and they tell you, and it's not the proper use of eminent domain, to basically auction it off. So they want to take it from me. Their offer was was ridiculously low, what they talked about originally when they talked about buying my properties and uh, which is probably I would have to say 10% of the money that I have into the into the area or those buildings uh, and then they basically want to take them, steal them from me and they want to auction them off to another developer who that would be, I have no idea uh, they would end up probably demolishing the buildings unless the, the city or somebody somebody came up with almost 100% of the funding to rebuild the existing structures because the square footage just isn't there to make it economically viable. You know, Daryl, I think one of the questions in a lot of people's minds when you look at these properties is, and you look at what's surrounding, um, I I think where Ironworks is, um, you know, a concert venue and bar that you have there, I want to say that's a, a newer building. I'm not entirely sure. But uh, we've all seen what's happened at the draft uh, former Labatt House um, on the corner there, another one of these older brick buildings. What is so different in the buildings you own as opposed to some of the other things that have been successfully redeveloped there? Those, the buildings that I own are heavy industrial buildings. Uh, You can just do some research on foundries and what they do in foundries, but I mean... They're heavy industrial buildings. The other buildings were not, even cobblestone. That wasn't a heavy industrial use building. Uh, they were never maintained from the previous owners. I, I can't believe they weren't cited before I bought them. So basically the week or month that I purchased those buildings, I can't remember exactly when they first cited me. They cited me and gave me all these citations right after I purchased them. So a lot of these issues we're already there. They had to be because right right after they issued all the citations on the buildings, uh, so there was an agenda from day one. You know, somebody buys the buildings. We're going to 
you know, go after him, basically. Uh, they're, they're much different than the other buildings. I mean, Ironworks, they gutted, the, they gutted the building and put an open music venue. That was in fairly good shape, uh, that building. I mean, it was being used as office building right before they purchased it. Uh, the, if you're talking about the brewery on the corner, well, uh, you know, Terry Pagula's organization bought that building for a lot of money. I think it was in the tune of about $7 million. And that building also, that was, that was, in, that was being used, fully being used, until uh, he purchased that building and maintained. So they had good bones, right? The buildings had good bones. They could be rebuilt. These buildings from every, every structural engineer and every person I talked to about development told me there's not good bones in this building. And this would be impossible to, well, not impossible. I mean, you would basically have to completely rebuild the building. The council uh, yesterday, uh, several members who were making the mention, you said it right there, of a parking lot of, you know, that's what uh, eventually is going to happen here. The buildings are going to be demolished just to make way for a parking lot. I think in part why that's said, Daryl, is looking at the proposed, uh, and you mentioned it, Unity Tower that you want to build. 55 stories, a building, you know, in these drawings that, I mean, it looks more like the Freedom Tower in New York City than anything we've ever been accustomed to seeing here in Buffalo would tower above everything else in the area. I I think most people take one look at that image, Daryl, and say, that's just not going to happen. Like, it just seems like something that is never going to happen. I, why should we believe that, you know, as I'm looking at this big tower, why should we believe that a tower like this would actually be built right there in Buffalo? Because you can drive one hour and you can see towers like this, many towers like this, just north of the border. So for somebody to say it can't be done, I mean, they have the same climate, the same weather, other than they're not having these big storms like we're having. And there's no reason the economics can't change in Buffalo once a project like this is, is, is put into place. I've worked on this project for over 10 years. I've thought about it for probably 15 and I have the team assembled to to put this project together and build it. This isn't this isn't a pipe dream. They say it is because they can't believe it because they're not on the same wavelength as I am. And they haven't seen what I've seen. I've worked all over the world. I've tra- I'm highly traveled. You know, I'm an environmental scientist, and I had an engineering company back in the '90s, and and I've worked on a lot of big projects. And I know this can happen, and nobody's tried because nobody wants to risk, take the risk to try to build a project like this. But my whole life is into this, right? My retirement, everything is into this project. Nobody's assisted me. And no assistance from the city, no assistance from, from investors to this point. And uh, this project has been designed. This isn't a pipe. This isn't a couple of renderings. I mean, every floor has been designed. The footprints there, uh, the parkings in place, because they talk about parking, but this, this structure has parking within it for all the residents and, and, uh, and guests. You know, and maybe some extra parking underground, but there's like nine floors of parking. Everything's integrated into this very small footprint, which makes it very environmentally friendly. Also, 
you know, my expertise too is renewable energy. And I've worked on this years ago before people were really talking about it. So this has, you know, geothermal aspects, uh, it has solar, it has wind, it has battery storage. Also, you have to think of going forward is, you know, we have electric cars, right? Everybody's going to have an electric car. And how are you going to charge these within a structure? So that's something we're addressing also because that's a lot of power that has to be fed into this building. Wouldn't it make more? I'm not a developer. I, I'm not going to pretend to know. It would seem like it would make more business sense to redevelop the structures that are there. Well, if you redevelop the structures, I mean, most of the things that are being done in the city of Buffalo is the developer buys the property, he secures a lot of public funding or free funding or a 40% tax break or whatever he can get. And then what he does. He turns around, he reconditions these old buildings, and then they rent them out. So there's no economic gain, really, for anyone but the developer himself. This project's different. This project is going to have many owners because everybody's going to buy units or buy a piece, basically a, a piece of this building. Daryl, i got to ask you. Really new, new concept to Buffalo. You said this is your plan since buying the property, um, and the city's been fighting. Buying the property is my plan. And, and since and, and the city's been fighting you on it, when's the first time the city uh, was shown your proposal? When's the, the first time you told the city of Buffalo that you wanted to build Unity Tower? I believe it was 2016. We sat down with the planning board. And you got to remember, the, the regime has changed. You know, nobody's even in the planning board or even the commissioner's not the same. Nobody's the same from when we first showed this to the city. You know, the economics have to be right. And. And another, another thing that has to be addressed, too, we sat through two years of COVID. Cobblestone was closed down, right? And we had to close down. We didn't get any assistance also. So, you know, I would have, in 2020, I know this came up. Uh, there was a, a talk about my project, and I think it goes to Skyscraper City, if you look at it. It's listed there. But, I mean, it started getting a little buzz in 2000, but COVID hit. Yeah. So, you know, this has been in limbo. I mean, nobody was thinking we're even going to – how are we going to get out of this? What are we going to do? Well, Daryl, sorry to cut you off, but we are out of time right now. Daryl Carr is the owner of those properties in South Park Avenue in the city of Buffalo in the Cobblestone District. Joining us on WBEM where it's 930. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We are back. Brian Mazrowski, Joe Beamer on WBEN. Uh, what do you think? We just spoke with Daryl Carr, who's the owner of those two cobblestone properties on South Park Avenue. The city's looking to get through eminent domain 110 and 118 South Park Avenue. The city says he's been neglecting the properties for over a decade. Carr says he's had a demolition permit for years. The city won't approve it. He wants to build a Unity Tower. Did you look at the photos of Unity I've Tower? I've got Unity Tower right in yeah. front of me, Brian. Um, I, I would encourage everybody to get the visual in their head of Unity Tower, unitytower.com, uh, and that is what he wants to build. It does look like the Freedom Tower. 
You, I mean, that's. I think the, it's a smaller a freedom tower, fifty-five story glass building that would be, I believe, it would be the tallest in height tower in the city of Buffalo. If he it says, happened, he says that, and I have no reason not to believe him. He says that's been his plan since he bought the property. Okay. Um, eight oh three oh nine thirty. What do you think? And we'll get back to this in a moment uh, on our text board. Somebody was chiming in earlier, and they say, um, you know, whatever, move on. Uh, WWE has been sold to uh, Saudi Arabia. I just looked that up. Yeah, I don't. These are just reports right now, and you know, reports in the wrestling world can often be. But I am disturbed by this this morning, Joe. But I just saw that Vince McMahon has returned as the executive chairman. Yes. So, can both be true? This. Oh yeah. That's I, that oh. was how the sale would happen. It is a crazy story. That I think has a dark ending for a lot of people. Uh, Vince McMahon, you all know, retired about a year ago, left, you know, due to some scandals being brought up. He has 80% of the voting rights. He threatened, I'm not going to approve, vote to approve any TV deal, anything, period, if you don't bring me back on as chairman. His daughter was running the company. So his daughter yesterday abruptly resigning from her CEO position, her father taking back over, and now reports that they've sold the company to Saudi Arabia. Here's the thing, Joe. That is, it's not just a company being sold to a foreign country. It is one of the, and say what you want about pro wrestling, you know, some people don't care, some people don't like it, don't watch it, whatever. It is a slice of Americana. Yeah. I, I'm I'm dead serious. Yeah. That is a huge it is it, baseball, um football, WW Hulk Hogan, Sergeant Slaughter, Roddy, you know, all these guys that that is what reportedly has been bought by Saudi. They bought a significant chunk of American culture and they're now going to control that and control how it's I We'll get to that in a, a later say, day, but that is live golf in WWE. But that no, no, no. This is different. This is not. They're just starting up some wrestling. Right. They're company. buying the wrestling company. They're they're not just buying the wrestling company. They're buying its entire history. They have every single piece of footage from all of wrestling's history. They they own this slice of culture. It's imagine if they bought the NFL. Oh. I, they would own professional football. They'd own every past Super Bowl tape. They'd own its history. It's it, all the images and likeness. I mean, that's what's happening. And now control that going forward and controlling what you're seeing potentially on TV wow. in the U.S. If you want to watch it, it is, I don't know. And we'll this isn't part of later. a script? This is no. This is real life? This is, uh, I... Uh, it is wild, Joe. But anyways, wow. um, in wow. back here in Buffalo, eight oh three oh nine thirty. What happens here now? Here's where I uh, we spoke with Daryl Carr, and again, you mentioned you have to take him at his word. I guess I um, and we have talked about the Great Northern Grain Elevator a lot on this show, Joe, which is in the process of being torn down. And one of the things that I brought up, and that, you know, it's interesting, like, 
it's it kind of swings both ways. I want to stay consistent. One of the things that has been brought up with the Great Northern Grain Elevator, I think ad nauseum by, and I hate to call out Tim, but just because he's been the voice on the station, yep. Tim Tillman, uh, but people involved in the preservation movement, was this idea that the Great Northern Grain Elevator could have found a reuse, you know, a new purpose, right? Uh, they were talking about, a, you know, restaurant, it could be a place to live, you know, a- anything that you could do on the water. Look at Riverworks, uh, you know, right across the street in a totally different area. You know, we can do something like that and repurpose this right here. It could be a union hall. It could be, you know, all these things get thrown around. And I've said for, you know, every single time that's come up on the show that I think it's ridiculous to, to think that. You look at the structure. You look at where it is, what it would take to... You know, keep that intact and then also find a way to reuse it. I, It's such a far-fetched idea. Also has a huge hole in it. Yeah, <laughs> Not to mention the huge hole right now. <laughs> Even before the hole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would have said, I think it is just crazy that you could even bring up the idea. Like, it's just so unrealistic yes. to entertain that as being serious. I, I think it's very unserious. I, I do not think that there's any way that would happen. So, in staying consistent with that, looking at the images of this Unity Tower, this big, shiny, glass building that would tower above everything else. I mean, tower above, Joe. Downtown Buffalo. Tower above. Ever, all those big, huge grain elevators. The Great Northern Grain Elevator. You know, oh, it's so big. No. This would tower above anything else near it in downtown Buffalo. Almost 20 floors higher than one Seneca Tower. (laughs) To look at that image and to hear it and say like, yes, this is what we're going to put right here, right next to the arena parking ramp is this 55-story state-of-the-art modern glass building. I have to stay true to what I said about the Great Northern Grain Elevator. I think it's crazy when you show me that image. I just, I can't believe it. I, I, I look at it. I see, okay, I could say I like the idea. I, I like the initiative. I like forward thinking. But you cannot expect me to believe that that thing is actually going to be built. No, I mean, it, it, it doesn't look like it belongs in downtown Buffalo. And, and hey, I'm all for downtown, the, the, the progression of downtown Buffalo. You know, a lot of things have been added. But Brian, I'm also going to ask this. And, you know, I, I realize there are people that want, you know, that more and more people want to live downtown. Hey, I, I'd love to live downtown. I just don't know if economically this tower would be to full use. I look at that. Even if you tell me, okay, we're going to build this tower in downtown Buffalo. Again, Okay, I, I, it doesn't look like, as you said, anything else in downtown Buffalo. It, it seems like a very uh, long stretch. But is this tower even going to economically be supported? Are we going to? Uh, are the offices on the ground level going to be used? The retail, the residential. I just don't believe that economically Buffalo is ready for something like a project like this. Again, I know that sounds 
backwards thinking that a lot of beautiful things have been built downtown. I just don't think Buffalo, if you told me this was actually going to happen, okay, and we can question that, I just don't know if this economically would be supported. I would need to see it up before I believed it. I The closest thing I could think, right, I could think um, to use uh, to use as a similar thing would be the Harbor Center. You know, it, there's there was nothing there before. It might have been tough to see anything built. Yes. And now all of a sudden you have this really big uh, structure. It's got two ice rinks in it. It has a, a tower of a hotel. Beautiful hotel, yeah. A- and this would be like five times that. I, you know, th- this is just... You can't look at it and expect me to seriously believe that it's there. And I'm sorry, maybe that's a lack of vision. Maybe that's the buffalo in me talking about yes. how things never get done. But it it seems so far-fetched that I am not going to blame any one of the council members yesterday who was saying the same thing, that look at this, it's not going to actually happen. And, and, and it, 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 to that, Joe, it is hard to believe it makes it harder to believe that that's actually going to happen when you have these two buildings sitting completely useless. I mean, there's the Cobblestone Bar in there, but before you, before I give you the keys to the Porsche, show me that you can drive a Honda. Yes. Right. Like I, I, I some sort of track record to show that this is possible. And, and again, I don't want to call out and you think the Harbor Center is beautiful, but there's empty retail space in the Harbor Center. And I always go back to that. Do you have the business and the people to support something like this? And uh, again, you look at the buildings untouched for 10 years. Brian, but you know, I I go to the other side where I'm not the biggest fan of eminent domain. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of of the government saying we're going to take your property. I just... I'm very torn on this one. I just don't see reality. And again, I'm being exactly who I who I cut down all the time because I am not a fan of people who say Buffalo can't do this. This isn't Buffalo. I just don't see the I just don't see this in the reality of Buffalo 2023 as it stands right now. And again, I'm using empty space in other buildings throughout downtown Buffalo. So that's part of it too, right? That's almost like the second part. There's the do you believe this could happen? Um, you know, do you believe in, in this big dream? Do you believe in another drawing? You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the Skyway drawing. Right from like three years ago. <laughs> Where they cut it promo, off. Promo, they cut off the Skyway. <laughs> we, we need to get rid of the Skyway, and by doing that, we're going to keep the Sky. What? Yeah, it's going to be a bike path with, el- with an elevator. Yeah, yeah it's just going to be the world's largest <laughs> walkway with just like the most unsafe thing in the entire world. Uh, this reminds me a lot of that, like looking at that and seeing, okay, this is just the most far-fetched thing I've ever seen in my life. And that's without touching on the eminent domain part because that's where it gets a little tricky. Why should any entity have the power to take this over? I want to believe that... If Mr. Carr here, the owner, uh, said that, okay, we are going to redevelop the property as is, we're going to think up something new that just kind of keeps in line with the buildings that are already there, that they would drop this entire eminent domain 
even with all the things they've been saying about, you know, a decade with nothing happening and the state of disrepair that it's currently in. I want to believe that would be the case. I want to believe that the eminent domain would only be used in the most extreme circumstance. I think you kind of have it right here. We saw this play out in Amherst, right? Yes. On the corner of Kenmore and Niagara Falls Boulevard, where there was an abandoned gas station, just concrete and weeds, right on a, I mean, very high-profile corner. I mean, that's a busy intersection. Yes. Kenmore and the Boulevard, right in front of UB, right by some of the businesses there. Of course, Niagara Falls Boulevard, always busy. And the town of Amherst, came in and said, we're going to use eminent domain and you know, we're going to take this over because you are clearly not doing anything about this. The owner put up a fight and said, well, uh, what if I do? do do something about this? You know, and the back and forth ensued. And I kind of stood behind Amherst there and I said, listen, there's no track record of anything happening. This has just been an eyesore in a really public place. And I think that is key in, in a really prominent place for years. And you want me to believe, you know, all of a sudden you're going to do something with it? No. I I feel like I'm with the city of Buffalo kind of in, in saying, listen, nothing's been done here for years. You are holding on to this vision of a thing I do not believe is going to happen. I Why shouldn't I be wanting to take this over and give it into the hands of somebody who is going to try to redevelop what's there? Yes. And I want to go on something I said, Brian. I do think Cobblestone is up and coming. There, There is opportunity there. I think you could definitely get some businesses uh, going or even residential. I don't think 55 stories. I, I just want to clarify what I said earlier. I, I do think you and I don't think you see it. You see up and coming on Cobblestone. I just don't think 55 stories worth. And I think you're right. If uh, if Mr. Carr said, hey, all right. Unity Tower, out the door. Here's what I'm going to do. And it was a plan that it at least attempted to save those buildings or to go with the theme of cobblestone. Yeah, or be I think in this, line. Yes. Not, all, not everything there is a you know an old building. Right. I mean, what's uh, the Helium Comedy Club, the, um, the 95 Park. Perry? I mean, those aren't you right. know, old, old buildings, but they are in line with, the, with the neighborhood. The yes. I, I think they would definitely drop this and say, all right, go ahead. I, I just – again – I'm not the biggest fan of eminent domain. I just look at Unity Tower, and I, I hate to be this guy because I always criticize these people in Buffalo. This isn't going to happen. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. And you know what? I probably would have said that in, in 2010 about Harbor Center, but I feel really confident that this isn't going to happen. We did say that. Yeah. We, we all did. Yeah. I mean, so, like, you can't be proven wrong. Uh, I think everyone did say that about the Harbor Center. Yes. Because it seemed the same way, right? That... You know, okay, you're just going to build a huge plaza with a hotel. You saw the drawing and, like, yeah, and this. And, like, I remember going there during construction. Every step of the way, I was like, oh, like, man. This is happening. Is it really going to happen? Yeah. Like, well, this is kind of crazy. I, things can happen. I, I Come on. I know. This, <laughs> like, I just, you, you can't, you can't show me that picture and expect me to take it at face value. There's the Harbor Center, and then there's this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, again, this is, for as much as I was impressed by the Harbor Center, this is, again, the yeah. Freedom Tower plumped into downtown Buffalo. I don't even, like, would you like that? No. 
I think it would look... I'm fine with one Seneca Tower being the tallest tower. I think it looks good. I think downtown Buffalo looks good. I love downtown Buffalo. I don't think we need this tower. Yeah, I just... I, like I said, I like the ambition. But but I, I just... I don't think it would look necessarily great just having one extremely modern skyscraper right in the middle of downtown. However, if things work out, and Mr. Carr gets this tower in the air, if I'm still on the radio, I will be the first to admit I was wrong. Yeah, I just... I Maybe we'll get studios at the top floor. I have... <laughs> After the show, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might not be allowed in. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think if it was something a little more uh, believable, you would have more people kind of rallying behind... Instead of the comments that, you know, it's like I said, it's hard to see. Again, I'm not a developer. I don't, you know, I don't have vision, period, when it comes. I walk through one of these buildings being constructed and, you know, oh, this is going to be. I remember walking through Children's Hospital when they were, uh, you know, constructing a new Children's Hospital. So, oh, here's, you know, this and that. I'm like, what? I don't, I have no idea where I am. Like, how can you tell that? I, I can't see any of this. I, I have no vision for it at all. That's part of the reason why I think it is kind of a crazy idea. At the same time, I I don't want to be the person to just poo-poo any yes. great vision in Buffalo. And I'm the same way. I'm not a developer. I have no vision. Um, I also, and I, I, should have, I should not have waited to the end of the show to bring this up, I do feel like we would have heard of Unity Tower before now. I don't know. If there was any push for it. You know, eight years ago. But that, that's just me. I, I don't know. Well, I'm, Brian, this is not the end of the story. We will be talking more about this. Next meeting is January 17th. Yeah, I was going to say uh, m- months, maybe, with a resolution. And, like, that's not me saying, like, oh, it's going to take months. It's like, oh, only months, <laughs> maybe, with the resolution, considering how slow some other things move. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow, Joe. Yes. Should be uh, another good one. There, I'll I mean, be a little tired. Again, a lot to... Oh, yeah, you're going to Syracuse? Go Hokies. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait to see you tomorrow morning now that I think about this. <laughs> BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.